Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes, completely eradicating, not just reducing, completely eradicating. I believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for Mondays, not Fridays and get to do their most meaningful work. The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content, but instead shift the context under which you operate. This podcast is titled Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is, a choice. In each episode, I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices, which are not always easy and comfortable, but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership. At the end, I will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast. And with that, let's get started. Andrea is the co-founder and CEO at Vitamin, which is the app for strong financial future for all women. She is an MBA from Harvard and previously worked at Alliance Global, Colgate Palmolive and JP Morgan. In the interview, Andrea spoke about constantly moving across continents and how that has shaped her attitude to flexibility and adaptability. She spoke about a key moment while leading a team at Fresh Direct in which she showed up as a leader in an emergency situation. We also discuss confidence, finance, creativity, and storytelling from a leadership point of view. Hi, Andrea, and welcome to the Choosing Leadership podcast. Hi, nice to meet you, Sumit. Wonderful. It's uh, a pleasure to have you here. And for our listeners, can you start by sharing who you are and what do you do? Sure. Yes. My name is Andrea Fernandez. I am the co-founder and CEO of Vitamin, which is a fintech startup based out uh, of Berlin, uh, focused on helping women uh, to take their financial life in their own hands and to build their financial future. Wonderful. And before we go into that, can you share a little bit of your background and how did you come where you are today? Yeah, of course. Yes. So, um, well, I'm originally actually from Costa Rica um, and I lived, I was born there and lived there the first 12 years of my life and then moved across different countries of Latin America. And I always knew that, I mean, from very early on, I got very interested in numbers and finance. I didn't have, I'm one of two daughters, the oldest one, and I didn't have a brother. So actually from very early on, my dad um, kind of introduced me to numbers and to responsibilities around numbers actually. And so I got very, yeah, I became a lover of numbers, I guess. and finance from early on and then so I went I then lived in Bolivia and Mexico and then um, went to college after that and I started my career or my college education at Wharton which is a business school in the U.S. I studied finance and entrepreneurship um, as well as psychology uh, because I 
um, and minor in psychology because I think business has a lot or mostly to do with people. And so I thought that it'd be important to understand about that a bit more. And then went off to Wall Street and worked there at JP Morgan uh, covering first private clients in Latin America and then equity uh, research uh, in the equity research area covering conglomerates and oil and gas. And then went to Harvard for my MBA, left Harvard and went to uh, Colgate Palmolive. I wanted after being a research analyst to actually be within a company because as a research analyst, you report on companies, but you don't really get to do what managers do. So I really wanted to start in, in, in a company. And that's what I did at Colgate. I was working through a global management training program they had. Um, and then went back to find, oh, actually worked as chief merchandising officer of a startup in New York called Fresh Direct, a food online retailer, moved to Germany in 2008, so 14 years ago, and then came back into finance to work at Allianz Global Investors in asset management, and then at a startup called Liquid, and then finally founding uh, Vitamin last year. So yeah, it's been, I guess, a range of different experiences. That's, uh, that has been quite a journey, both from uh, your work experience as well as your personal experience. Yeah, I have had a lot of uh, chance yeah. to live in many places and meet many different kinds of people, which is great. Yeah, so I'm quite curious, how does that uh, shape you, like living in uh, and growing in many different countries and continents? How does that shape you as a person and as a leader? Well, I think that um, I think that I always had like a very big interest for the world in general. Like when I, I was little, I actually, my dad was in development and I kept thinking, when are they going to send us away so I can meet abroad to meet new people? And um, I think there are many different things you pick up uh, when you live in different countries. I think you become very flexible um, because and adaptable because you have to do it every so often. Um, I think you also um, learn appreciation, actually, because you learn to appreciate like the different things in different places. I think uh, because you are faced with making new friendships from start, so often you actually kind of get skills in how to understand people, in how to deal with different kinds of people, obviously languages and the ability to communicate with people at different levels. I think you maybe refine some of those skills I actually also think, I mean, I used it and I have used it as a, a networking opportunity, I guess, because I have like a really global network. Um, uh, I have kept in touch with a lot of people through the different like places that I have lived in. I also lived in different cities in Germany. So yeah, I think there are many different skills that are so useful to develop because at the end of the day, leadership is about dealing with people. And, um, and also I think it develops a sort of... Um, resilience because hmm. you know that when you go to a new place it's never easy necessarily right like you have to adapt so many things there are so many challenges there are so many new experiences uh, that you have to overcome but by experiencing these experiences you know that one you can do it so you develop i guess a sense of confidence in your ability to overcome obstacles and then at the same time yeah that resilience to keep going yeah, yeah, so those are some things that come to mind. Yes, that's fascinating. In fact, uh, Rick, what you're sharing is that you have been prepared for leadership just by 
the way you have lived your life but tell me about one or those uh, one or few of those choices which were difficult right and which helped you build that perspective as well as resilience well i mean i remember the first time i went so one of the choices i made was so after the mba i worked at colgate and it was a great company i mean it was a company it is a company that's like 200 years old it works well like they produce great stuff it's very process focused and that's why it works so well and it's a strong consumer products one of the strongest mm-hmm. consumer product companies in the world with great presence so i really enjoyed working there and i learned a ton but i wanted to go to something a bit more dynamic and that's when i went to the first startup i worked at which is fresh direct and i mean that was like a huge change from corporate to that um and I think, like, I remember we had a, ta- a very challenging situation at the company one time around Thanksgiving. It was a food delivery company. And we had a challenge uh, one of the Thanksgiving many years ago. This was 2006, I believe. I was recent, I had recently joined the company. And we had to deliver thousands of turkeys that day before Thanksgiving. And the operations were running slow. And basically... I took the leadership of organizing like everyone who was in the office, uh, in the office space uh, with black cars and black limos in New York to deliver, to cover the gap of the delivery system, basically, Mm. and to personally have employees deliver turkeys. uh, Yeah. Until one or I think my last turkey was like at 1 a.m. because Thanksgiving is super. So. This first working at Fresh Direct was already a big challenge. This opportunity to work with all these people to um, in a kind of emergency situation and to take that leadership, um, it was one of those difficult situations. But like when I look back at it, and of course it came through that change, that decision to change to this company and to change into like uh, startup world. But I, it was so worthwhile. And I think it really showed... For me, when I think back, it really showed my leadership skills. It really um, helped me to establish myself also there because it was early on in the time there. So, yeah, it was a very interesting <laughs> situation. Yeah, yeah. So you took responsibility and right, you did what needed to be done at that point. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And how did uh, other people react to that? Well, I think... Um, I mean, at the beginning, it, it was a bit of a question mark, but it was really an, the only choice we had. So obviously afterwards, it was really appreciated. And all it was amazing to see all the employees pull together and work super hard and stay like into the late hours of the night to get everything delivered. So no, it was very positively received. And I think it was all in all kind of like one of those moments of your career that you will always remember. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's a key point, just what you said at the end, right? In the end, it's uh, we remember those moments where we stand out or we do something and expand our limits. Even though at the moment it might feel scary or weird, if it pulls people together, it creates that energy and create a experience which people, not just you, but everybody else remembers. And yeah, especially right. as a leader, you grow a lot from that experience, right? So how... Um, how did you notice that you were different after that? What did you notice about yourself that helped you in the next phase of your life? I think there is um, there is this concept that after, like, there is no better way to actually build stamina or to build, how should mm. we call it, that, that 
even that self-confidence in yourself that by like practicing and like it hurts sometimes but then after you go through it you look back and you develop that sense of first knowledge and kind of derive some power within yourself to know that I have come gone through this situation I have led people through these moments of crisis um I can do it again uh, in a different context potentially etc so I think um I think there are many like when we look back, we look at different difficult situations or maybe challenging times that we have had or, um, yeah, where we have pushed our limits. And I think those are the things that make you over life. It's kind of those repeated experiences. Um, and when I look back, I think that was one of those experiences for me. Yeah, I think uh, it's good that you tied it with uh, confidence because nothing builds uh, confidence faster than actually delivering on what you have promised or what you have committed as a leader. If you can do that, despite things going south, nothing gives you confidence, but also for others, right? Others sees you differently. So that's uh, that's very powerful. I'm glad that you shared that. Tell me more about finance, right? Because uh, what I have heard is uh, that there is a creativity, there is a dynamic side of you, yet at the same time, maths and finance is a lot about control, predicting, like very focused. It's very different than... Uh, what I normally see is how do these two come together for you? Uh, yeah, I would say you're right that like I'm a numbers lover and I really love finance, like and in general, like all of the concepts around it. And yeah, yeah, it's a very important part of me and my life. Uh, and on the other hand, I'm, I'm, I am creative. I like to think of new ways of doing things. Um, I like to understand what's also at the edge of change in the world. Uh, try to be on top of like new trends to learn. Like growth mm -hmm. is super important to me. Um, and I think, I mean, when I think of creativity and finance and creativity, I think of what I'm doing now in a way, because when I started my career in, in 1998 was when I started at JP Morgan. Like ETFs, for example, or online banking or access to financial markets was like not like it is now. So and as I have grown in my career and I have seen the changes, the shifts that have happened in financial markets and in fintech technology that support access to a lot of different new products for many different people all over the world. I think that's when those things can come together hand in hand very well because it's about how do you tell stories creatively to enable people to understand and know new ways of doing things or to be open to new ways of doing things. Um, how do you tell stories to get into people's because at the end of the day, like people, the card. So I love the hardcore finance and I love to understand what's going on. But at the end of the day, we can't expect as people in the financial world, that everybody who uses financial products wants to know all of this because people don't, they don't want to get that deep. And it's, it feels complicated to many people. So the responsibility, especially in the consumer finance side of the leaders that lead our, these companies is like, how do we make this really accessible, easy? And all of that requires creativity. And so understanding like a bit more on the financial side with combining the consumer thinking and also the thinking around why people do things um 
trying to use, yeah, be close to consumers, all of that comes together in this finance and creativity combination that, uh, yeah, I yeah, have, I guess. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's a unique uh, skill or a combination to have because I see people uh, who are very people driven, who are very focused on uh, forming good relationships, yet they cannot get uh, into the details, yet they cannot execute. And at the same time, I see other people who are very task oriented, very detail focused, but they lack that big picture thinking or lack that uh, ability to empathize with people when required. And I think both of these elements are required for leadership. And what you're sharing is right, right from the beginning, you have had this passion for maths and numbers, but that's also about psychology and really going deeper about understanding people. Yeah. Yeah. Now, coming back to the present moment, right? Can you share a bit about uh, the startup that you currently have? And if I'm not wrong, that is also only for females. Is that the case? Well, it's focused on females, but any mm. man can open an account with us, basically. But um, basically in Europe, um, well, all over the world, basically women have really fallen behind in terms of taking care of their own financial future. And specifically in Germany, 63% um, of women uh, at make less than 900 euros at retirement today. And this is a topic that will continue in a way because as we know, the um, government pensions will not be able to cover all of us. Um, on top of that, we have still a pay gap in Germany, for example, of 18%. That's different across different regions of the world, but there's still a big pay gap. Um, we have women taking career gaps, which means that they don't contribute to retirement. And then we have this investing gap, which is that actually women are investing than, like less than men. Uh, and that's a gap that causes an impact for them in later stage in their lives. So uh, what we're trying to do with vitamin is basically to enable women through different tools like learning tools, um, courses, coaching, but also online, um, like what we talk more, what we call money talks, but online formats and live formats to help them learn about investing, help them learn about saving, help them learn about personal finance and give them tools to take action. And uh, we have launched our investment product, which is basically a range of ETF portfolios that women can get started with. Um, and the idea is that since women are also multipliers, um, that they can help carry this message to other women, to their children, which is super important because uh, as women not, are not only multipliers, but they're managing 85% of consumer spending decisions in the world. So it's important mm -hmm. that they also learn to manage the other side of the equation. Yeah, so you have a clear emphasis on women and what is missing and what is the gap that you want to build, right? And exactly. this is something which uh, which I listen from every female founder or every female leader, that uh, there's something personal or something um, uh, like gender-specific that inspires them. At the same time, I also know that this presents challenges when it comes to talking with investors, when it comes to talking with partners or even sometimes employees. So what challenges does that present to you as a female founder? Actually, on the employee side, I'm going to start there because that's the easy part. Um, it has been a great advantage for us, to be honest, um, because what we have noticed is that, or what we have built is a team that's extremely committed to this mission. So um, people come to us or several of the people that work with us have come by just knowing what we do and then reaching out, which mm. is very nice because it means that people believe in the mission, that they are aligned and they have a reason for being. 
and showing up every day. And so that's a, an easy one. And that's more on the positive side. I think um, on the investor side, it's been also positive in the sense that we've gotten a lot of female angels to join us on the road. And I think that's great. I think on the negative side, there are a lot of non-believers. And I get the question often is like, why are you only focusing on women? Uh, will women ever start doing anything? Um, and I am a very clear believer that you need to have a very close, like clear target to target user group to even build product that is tailored to them. And while ours is actually very broad still, um, it is something that I think helps us. Um, but not everyone believes in it. And I think the other thing that is um, coming across more this year is that I think some of these topics are sometimes I'm not doing it because I think it's a fancy thing to do uh, or a, let's say, timely thing only. It's like a trendy thing to do, rather. That's the right word to use it. It's like a real problem in society, right? Um, but I think some people on the investing side, sometimes take it as it's a trendy thing to do and not really. When environments get tougher, financial environments, the trendy things are not as exciting anymore. And I think that's what we can see happening a bit in the market at the moment. But there will always be doubters. Like there will always be doubters on anything you do. So you might as well just find the ones that believe in it and go for those and partner with those people. Yeah. And as you move ahead with this, right? What do you think are the biggest challenges that lie ahead for you and your team? I mean, I think right now it's just, a I mean, a very challenging time in the economy, in the financial markets. And I think the biggest challenge really is going to be funding because we are still a very, at a very early stage of the company. So we're only a year and a half old. We just recently launched our product and we're still working in that early phase of ensuring that there is product market fit that we find the different things that, that women care most about, that we give them the right product. And I think the markets are looking for, are, you know, the, the private the private markets, the venture capital markets, they are a lot more careful right now, uh, selective. Um, even though I believe there is still a lot of cash sitting on the sidelines because last year there were many funds raised or years before. And even this year there are funds being raised, but I think they're just being much more picky and like you had more time, you had more time before and that's the reality. And I think, um, and that's, I think the main challenge of CEOs in these companies at these early stages at the moment, we're just in a very different macro space. So I think that's the biggest challenge, how to navigate the turmoils of the waters at the moment. Um, and in the next, and also the unknown length of it, because I unfortunately don't think it's going to be very short lived. I mean, we already see the recent news. I mean, it's changing all the time, recessions upcoming, uh, and that, uh, the, the, yeah, the rumors start on wall street or maybe not Wall Street only, but banks across some of the large banks in different countries. So I think there is a lot coming. Let's see. And then, of course, we have the background of the war as well. Yeah. So and how do you manage that uh, pressure or dealing with that uncertainty, both in what is happening with the market right now 
but also like uh, to raise those funds and as you said right uh, we all know most investors are also men so they might not understand uh, or empathize with where you are coming from yeah i think i mean this is um how do you manage it you manage it with like trying to be as smart as you can be in terms of planning your strategy and kind of how are you going to how are you going to react to this what are your options like really being like kind of developing the plans uh, yeah. around that obviously reducing costs because it's important to keep the cash that you have um and um and i think being very aware of the fact that this is a challenging time that there are external factors um and that some of those you can influence some of, like some things you can influence and then being focused on what you can influence so that did like you did the best given the factors you can influence i think that's an important thing to be clear around and yeah and like never give up as i say <laughs> often yes absolutely yeah yeah tell us a uh, term something which uh, most people do not know about you oh my god that's <laughs> a hard question most people do not know about me um i'm a pretty open book actually so that's one of the things that i think people who have worked with me and work with me say because so i think you can um maybe you wouldn't obviously see it but i'm pretty my face tells a lot and it's a pretty good um reflection of my soul i'm one of those people uh and i think uh i think one thing that that maybe um a lot of people don't know is that i'm a strong believer that there are new ways of managing and leading than i think the ones that i have seen being used many times in my career um I'd like to refer to a professor that I had at Harvard. Her name is Frances Fry, who uses this methodology or it's a triangle that she says that it are really critical factors in leadership. If I remember them correctly, it's one authenticity, two empathy and three logic and basically ability to do what you to do to execute, to think, to put your mind uh, and develop interesting solutions. And I think that I came from working on Wall Street um having worked with many different kinds of people many who don't put people at the center. Yeah. And I think that leadership is changing and I hope it does because of course it's critical to um to meet results to deliver on the goals to shift if you can deliver on the goals to shift your strategy to be to be as good as you can be in what you do but it's the way you do it that also matters a lot not only to you uh to the company but to the people around it because i think what we haven't done well is measuring the impact of on people of them being employees in a company or like we don't measure that we measure everything by financial results and uh, like come from finance and i think that's important Um I have seen many times when people leave companies and are very destroyed because of management styles, leadership mm. styles. And I think that's a pretty bad 
outcome for an organization. Uh, and if we would measure things a little bit differently, um, then we would lead differently. And I think that's something that I'm very passionate about and hope to at least bring across in the work that I do. Thank you. That's uh, lovely and beautiful as well, because I have been uh, in the corporate world as well. Uh, and I've seen that kind of leadership. I have myself been that kind of a leader because uh, nobody teaches you leadership, right? You learn it from the people who manage you. And then uh, there are very few or very rare good examples. And uh, what you shared earlier also about creativity, about that dynamism that is so much missing in leadership. It can become too one fo focused on performance or results or those KPIs that we miss the human element. And I think uh, uh, there's a lot to be learned from uh, from the feminine side of humanity there, to, li to listen, to understand, to relate. And then everything else uh, comes, right? Uh, it's a paradox, but sometimes by slowing down and focusing on those relationships, we can make stronger companies and we can produce better results than by just focusing on the results themselves. Yeah, I mean... If you have a person come to work and being fearful, uh, scared about the reaction of the manager or the boss, uh, insecure about what he or she's bringing to the table, you may not listen. You you may not get to listen to really great ideas that can change the outcome of a project. You may not get to experience a great team environment that can actually create different outcomes. So, I think there is much more to be done on that side still in the world of business today. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm glad that you are playing a small role in that yeah, transition. Right. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being open about it. Uh, and to wrap this up, right, uh, what advice would you give uh, to somebody, whether male or female, right, uh, but a leader who is struggling with uh, dealing with all of that, dealing with every expectations, dealing with keeping their business uh, like in, in green uh, and everything else which is happening in the market as well? Well, there are so many uh, ideas <laughs> because, um, I mean, I guess it depends on the specific topic, right? But um, I think one of the, you said it earlier, right? Uh, especially in the time of today, um, we have so much pressure with the changes that are going on in the environment, uh, with the challenges that we have in business and with the fact that we still, as CEOs or leaders or founders or whatever. I mean, a bit, big part of what you do every day is try to get this company or this organization to do the next level to achieve those goals. And so you define yourself a lot by that. And I think it's important to take perspective. And actually, when you feel like, yeah, like there is no focus, that it's hard, it's actually not a bad idea to slow down and take a break and step outside and have some time to think it, it's very hard to do actually because when you are in the middle of i mean sometimes you have to get stuff done and you just have to finish it but having some breathing room i think is actually important slowing down and kind of centering yourself i mean one thing that i think um is really important is to have a daily practice which i don't always keep but when i keep my daily practice it supports me so much and i think that's important um and and to reach out to people for help 
I mean, those are just some ideas, but I think um, don't hesitate because I think people are always willing to help. It's just a little scary sometimes, especially when things are not going right, right? Yes, and it's scary to ask for help sometimes for leaders. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, uh, I think you said it right, right? Sometimes it seems like a paradox, but the uh, the best pieces of wisdom or advice that you can get is uh, is like, you will go, what? Like, is this, can this be true? Like, slow down to sometimes speed up can really be uh, true. And I think another thing which was coming to me as you were talking is uh, like children, learning from children, because oh, yeah. the world is very uncertain for any child, and yet they see the same world with, uh, not with risk and danger, but with wonder even uh, so i have a young son as well so even if he falls down he's looking at his uh, injury and like laughing about it he's telling everybody in the house about it so there is a lot we can uh, learn it, given the situation right given the uncertainty we can choose to look at it in a different way definitely i agree with that 100% yeah. i think children are a great um source of creativity and like really like it almost feels um weird but when you spend time with kids, I think you really kind of disconnect from the day to day and therefore kind of a new mm. window opens up in your head. So I think that's also an interesting perspective. Wonderful. So I'm sure anybody who is listening to this uh, will have some windows opening up. And okay. uh, right to, to end, if somebody wants to reach out to you and find out more about your work, what's the best way to do so? Yeah, of course, um, you can, well, check out joinvitamin.com which is our website but um feel free to email me directly um or find me on linkedin and email me connect i think andrea fernandez is my linkedin and it's easy um i'm always happy to support uh, because i think the world goes around everything comes back and it's important to help each other thank you thank you andrea for everything that you have shared and i want to wish you the best of luck for your journey and for your company ahead Thank you so much. Thanks for the time and for having me on the podcast. Wonderful. It was wonderful having you. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast. And I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction. Not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And I want to thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.